For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger For the ones who get it done. Yo, yo, yo. What's up, everybody? This is your boy, Isaac. And this is your boy, Bryce. And we are Brothers on Tennis. And folks, we've got yet another good one for you. Today, we are doing an interview with a lovely, lovely young lady. And I'm very excited to talk to her. She's got some really, really great experience, not only on the tour, but from a collegiate standpoint. And uh, I'm just very interested to hear her path. So, Bryce, how are you feeling this morning in regards to this interview we're about to conduct? Of course, I'm excited as well, because anybody who has listened to our shows, they know how excited we've been about the U.S. women yes. in tennis. I don't know what's going on. I don't know how what's in the water. But American <laughs> women are just really clowning on the uh, WTA tour right now. And we have an opportunity today to talk to someone who is definitely on the way up. And, you know, we've often talked about kind of that whole decision about do you go straight to the pro tour? You know, what are the advantages of going the collegiate route? And we very rarely have an opportunity to talk to someone who actually won the NCAAs and singles uh, while they were in college. So uh, just very excited to hear her story. And we have some interesting questions for her. So <laughs> without any further ado, we welcome Jamie Loeb to Brothers on Tennis. Welcome, Jamie. Thank you, guys. That was a great intro. (laughs) (laughs) Well, it is great to have you, Jamie. How are you doing today? I am good. I'm in uh, Florida right now, so I can't complain about the weather. Um, Yeah. Well, excellent, excellent. Cool, cool. Well, Jamie, for our listeners out there and for the folks who will be listening to this as the podcast, let's go ahead and just get it started with, you know, who you are and and a little bit of your background just to kind of get the get the folks up to speed. Yeah, so I um, recently turned 26. Um, hey, congratulations. Thank congratulations. You. Thank you. March 8th. So, um, yep, I am 26. Um, I've been playing on tour now for almost six years. Um, I turned pro after my sophomore year. I went to, uh, UNC and won the NCAA championship there. And then, um, in 2015 and then turned pro that summer when I got a wild card into the main draw of the U S open. Um, I'm the youngest of four. All my siblings played tennis. So by the time I came along, you know, I had a rack in my hand. Yeah. And I'm still, I'm still on tour. Definitely hasn't been easy, but, um, you know, I'm still enjoying it. Nice. So let's, let's, can we dig into that a little bit, Jamie? So you said all of your siblings play tennis. So are they all older than you or younger than you or are you in the middle? I am am the youngest of four by a lot. So I have two two brothers and a sister and um, my oldest brother and my sister played collegiately. My other brother, he didn't play in college, but um, he played growing up. So yeah, he's a, uh, a tennis family. 
Gotcha. Gotcha. And, 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 and was it one of those deals where you were just sort of on the side court as the siblings were playing and that's where sort of that fire came from? Or how did, how did, how did you get the fire to say, you know what, this is, this is something that I really, really want to pursue? Um, yeah, so I'm the only one that went pro in my family. And I think when maybe I was around like 14, I thought that, you know, I definitely have the potential to play pro. Um, you know, my oldest brother, he's, uh, so I'm 26, Jason's 40, Justin is about to turn 37 and Jenna, or maybe he's turning 20, turning 38. Sorry. Justin, <laughs> it's, then, it's okay. I Jenna, do it too. <laughs> and then my sister Jenna just turned 35. So there's a big age gap, but I, you know, I grew up kind of on court, um, watching my sister play. And, um, so yeah, I mean. She also helped me a lot through my um, collegiate process and deciding where to go to school as well. So my family has definitely impacted me quite a bit. Now, did I see that your sister Jenna, didn't she win like the state title like three times in New York? Yes, she won it three times. I won it one time. And one of the times she won it was on a sprained ankle. So, (laughs) oh, you got to tell us that. What, what, how, how is that possible? Yeah, she um, she played in an air cast, and I think it was during sectionals. She rolled it in a match, and she finished the match. I believe she won, and then she was in the state um, tournament. And yeah, she played in an air cast and won it. I mean, I was I was very young, so it's probably better for her to tell a story, but um, <laughs> it's pretty remarkable. Wow, that's incredible. Yeah, I wonder how many families have multiple siblings that have won, you know, the state title. Right, right. You know, usually you have like the one sibling that's like the really good one and the other ones just try really hard. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but uh, wow, that that that's amazing. Now, where did she where did Jenna go to college? She went to Wake Forest. So oh, okay. both of us went to schools in North Carolina. Wow. That is, yeah. And what was that transition like for you? I mean, being born, I mean, I'm assuming New York is very different than North Carolina. Yeah. um, (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. But, you know, I, I mean, you know, I, I I really love Chapel Hill. It is honestly my second home. And honestly, I can see myself later, later in life living in North Carolina I think um, you get a little bit of everything, you get all four seasons, you get, um, you know, a little bit, of, I guess if you go to Charlotte, there's a city and then the suburbs. So you got a, you got a good mix. Um, definitely slower than New York. So that was an adjustment for sure, because I am very fast paced. Um, even Florida is an adjustment. <laughs> um, but, uh, yeah, no. And I mean, I'm telling you, like, I love Chapel Hill. Like, my teammates are my best friends. Um, just it's one big family and community, and I it, I just always feel welcome when I go back there. That's awesome. Now, in, yeah, go ahead, Bryce. I'm sorry. Now, did I read when you were in New York, you actually trained at uh, John McEnroe's Academy? Yeah, I did. I trained there for about six years. Um, and yeah, with my coach Felix Alvarado at the time, and you know, I, I had a lot of success throughout my junior career and, you know, obviously my collegiate career. And it wasn't, I was there, I think, um, 
I think professionally, I think I was only there for a couple of years, but I got to spend some time on court with John, which is a pretty cool experience. So tell us about that. So how, first of all, how is John as a person? Because I've only met him just like briefly handshake autograph type thing. You know, how is John as a person? And then how was it like hitting with John McEnroe? You know, John, <laughs> he's the same the way you see him on court um, <laughs> commentating and playing. He is the exact same person. So it is not a show at all. He is probably the most competitive person I have ever played with and been around um, <laughs> we have gotten into it quite a bit just I'm very feisty and competitive and so is he and uh, his game is tricky I mean it took me took me forever to figure out his serve I had a better way better chance on clay than hard but um, you know we we played a lot and uh, it, was a, it, was, it was cool learning from him and seeing just his perspective and how he sees the game and it's quite different than I see it um, but, you know, it's obviously a privilege and honor that I'm, I've been able to share the court with him and, um, you know, someone that I can always kind of, you know, if I want to, I can go back and, you know, be like, hey, John, you want to hit? And I'm sure he's going <laughs> to say yes. <laughs> <laughs> you had mentioned that there was sort of a difference as far as your approach goes. What 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 was that difference? Is his more uh, more, I don't know, feisty and yours is a bit more. I don't know. Can you explain? Can can you explain that to us? Uh, well, no. I mean, I'm I'm very feisty and competitive as well. It's just how he sees the game, and you can just tell from the moment you step on court, he's just very locked in. He does not mm. believe in mini tennis. So I remember the very first time I hit with him, I was like ready to do mini tennis, and he like he's like, are we playing a game? So like, everything, <laughs> everything like yeah. So you know, everything is competitive. Um, just also mm. at the net, like his volleys and just you know mm-hmm. how you to kind of like you know be more alert with my eyes especially and then mm. just you know making note of the unforced errors um and yeah just tactic just like the tactics overall too um is you know it was good to learn from him so here's the big question did you ever beat him uh, sadly no i beat him in the game <laughs> to 21 and then it was five all one set and he like stopped. Um, yeah. I, every time I wanted to beat him, like, that's why it, it just got to the point where like, we both were just going at it because we wanted to beat each other so badly. <laughs> but then when I started, when I would start winning, he wouldn't really say much to me. But then when I was losing, you know, then he would kind of like give me some advice. So it's funny. <laughs> John sounds like a real one, doesn't he, Isaac? Right? Yeah. He sounds like a real one indeed. Wow. That is crazy. Now, now Jamie, do you ever play with or hit with some of the folks on the collegiate side anymore from, from, uh, from your alma mater? Yeah, I mean, the last time I was at UNC was the fall of 2019. Um, so I hit with some of the girls there, and then Haley Carter, she's top 30 in the world in doubles. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. She's one of my she's one of my best friends. So whenever we're at the same tournaments, um, try to hit with her, hang out with her. Um, so yeah. So I have a question for you. You know, you you're saying you were. Uh, pretty young when your siblings were playing and definitely when McEnroe was playing, you know, (laughs) who were the players that you were kind of inspired by that you looked up to, uh, when you were young and, and forming your game? I, I always loved Kim Kleisters. Um, yeah, I'm so happy. She's well, 
she made a comeback, but I think she's taking some more time. But I just love the way, or still love the way that she composes herself. And mm-hmm. if only I was as flexible as her, <laughs> one can dream. Um, but, you know, just her game, she's so steady. And I just, you know, I'm more aggressive, but I... I just love the way she plays and just the way she handles herself with grace. And I mean, no one can say a bad word about her. So that's right. a that's lot. Right. That's right. Yeah. Kim is by far one of the just nicest special ladies on, on the tour. I had an opportunity. I used to volunteer uh, for a lot of the California uh, tournaments out here. And I did get an opportunity to meet her and she is as awesome as everyone says she is. And like you said, no one can say anything bad about Kim Kleiser. She's, she is a class act. Maybe yeah. Justine. Well, yeah. But, but outside of that. <laughs> oh, man. And, so, and, and, and I think I read someplace that you like Federer a little bit. Oh, I love that. Yeah, I'm a huge Roger fan. I never want him to retire. The day he retires, like, I'm going to need a week. I'm going to have to take, like, a leave of absence for, like, a week. I don't know. I, I don't know what's going to happen, but just everyone prepare for that. I'm not going to be okay. So please check in on me. <laughs> we are the same with you. I mean, just when, when this past year when Roger wasn't playing, Isaac and I have talked, and it's just like, Tennis just wasn't the same. Exactly. You know, I, I know for me personally, if for a men's tournament, if Roger's not in the draw, and for a women's tournament, if Venus or Serena aren't in the draw, it just, it doesn't have as much shine. Right. <laughs> right. So, it's not the same. Exactly. We'll we'll have to have a, a, a like a little vigil whenever it happens. We'll invite you, and we're yeah. just all gonna come together and, and heal together. Yeah. Uh, once that happens. Thank you. Thank you. So, Jamie, let's let's talk a little more about your your college experience. So, you went, and I, I from what I understand, I'll let you talk about it. You had a very successful freshman year and an even more successful sophomore year. Right. Yeah. Um, yeah, I won quite a bit of matches my freshman year. I think I won like 50 something matches, um, which is is crazy. Yeah. Um, you know, I had, I came off of a decent summer, um, of pro tournaments and I, yeah, I won all Americans, um, ITA indoors and then, um, in the NCAAs, I, we made, we made the finals of the NCAAs that year for as a team um that was, we lost a tough one to ucla 4-3 which mm. is, still hurts me to this mm, day yeah. yeah but then um and then i lost in the i made to the quarters of singles and doubles and then following year my sophomore year i won the ncaa's amazing yeah and so was there something that you felt like you did in that transition from you know high school to college that really prepared you to just jump in there as a freshman and just wreck shop the way that you did (laughs) I mean for real that is amazing I just think um you know I've always I always grew up playing a lot of tournaments and I think I was just really um ready I played ITFs and pro tournaments kind of last two years of uh, high school. So I think I came in there like fresh and eager and 
um, and hungry and kind of, you know, had this confidence in my game as well. So that really set me up for the fall of my freshman year. That's wonderful. I mean, because, yeah, that type of a record, Jamie, that's I mean, that's impressive. Not that's just not even impressive. It's ridiculous. I mean, (laughs) you you rarely see a freshman step on campus and and have that type of result. You know, it's amazing. That's congratulations on that alone. Right. And and then winning it all her her sophomore sophomore year. year. Exactly. Now, you mentioned the ITF tournaments. I think we saw that you've won eight in singles and nine and doubles thus far? I think that's right. That, that sounds right. <laughs> look, she's, look, she just lost track now. <laughs> All I do is win, 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 win. Right? <laughs> I know that's right. And quietly, in, in looking at some of the results, you took out in one of your ITF victories uh, someone who is on the rise right now, which is Miss uh, Jennifer Brady. Talk yeah. about that. That's yeah. amazing. Yeah, and that's also, you know, Jenny is also another friend of mine, and she nice. went to UCLA, so I always love seeing um, collegiate players do well on tour. But, yeah, um, I played Jenny a handful of times, and uh, I think I think you're talking about I, – I played her in El Paso and in Midland. That, yes, um, right. Both those times, so, Yeah. So, so what would you say to an up and coming player that is debating whether or not they should go the collegiate route? I think now it's a lot tougher to just go pro, especially with the pandemic and the lack Mm -hmm. of tournaments. And it's just harder to shoot up the rankings. I feel, um, you know, I wanted to go pro right away after high school, but my parents, they felt that I should go to college and obviously have that education. And, you know, I'm so fortunate that I did that. And right now I'm actually still pursuing my schoolwork. Um, I'm in two classes through UNC. So I do want to get my degree and I mm-hmm. will Good at some point. Yeah. But, you know, I think you have to be extremely talented right now. If you, if you're going to turn pro, I think there's a lot of security going to college, getting an education, whether you go for one year or for all four years, just to have that, um, I think it's so important because, you know, tennis, tennis isn't everything. And, um, you know, obviously I want, I'm giving it a shot. I want to, I want to be, you know, I, by the end of this year, like I would love to be top 100. I want to be number one in the world. Like, you know, I still have so many goals, but at the end of the day, like, you know, you have to think about what's next and college definitely provides you with that. And, for me, my best friends are my teammates, and I had such a great experience there and the coaching staff. So, um, yeah, I wouldn't trade it for anything. Sometimes I go back and forth, and I was like, oh, I wish I stayed. But from a tennis perspective, I knew it was the right decision for me. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, you just you have to see because it's very expensive. And if you're able to afford it, you know, that's one thing. But this sport is extremely expensive. So if you can get some sort of college education or get that degree, um, or at least, you know, use that time to mature a bit, like I would suggest that. Yeah. Wonderful words. Exactly. I think it, uh, it definitely takes a, uh, it takes a lot (laughs) to get out there and to make it on the tour and deal with the grind that you have to deal with uh, week in and week out. So 
Um, As you're looking at your game right now, uh, Jamie, what are some of the things that you are kind of you have in the works as far as how to elevate your game and push it to that next level? I think a lot of it for me is mental. Obviously, you know, it can always be uh, get physically stronger and faster. And I am working on that. But just, you know, making sure that each day I am, you know, I'm showing up to practice with a good attitude, good mindset, because I tend to be very hard on myself with everything. And I think that's what's blocked me for a long time, just getting in my own way. And Mm. I just need to make a conscious effort of, you know, looking at the progress and finding the positives and not being so down on myself. I mean, look, it's easier said than done. I am not perfect whatsoever, but that's the main thing that I'm trying to work on. And that's honestly the only thing I can really control. And then, you know, I know how to hit a tennis ball. It's just a matter of believing in myself. (laughs) Right, right. Well, you know, kind of like the question that Isaac asked you about the transition from, you know, high school to college, what, what have been the differences you've seen now from the collegiate level to the pro tour? You know, everyone, everyone is good. Everyone is hungry. There's, you know, a different sense of pressure in college. Everything is there for you. You don't have to worry about finances. Um, You know, you just, you go out and play. It is, it is a lot easier. You have a team and then on tour, you know, financially you need to sort that out. And, most of the time you're traveling alone unless you're the you know, top 100 or you have the money to do it. But, um, it's definitely lonely. And most of the time I travel alone. I mean, I have a coach and a, a trainer, a lot of, you know, the top players, they have their physio and hitting partner and maybe even their parents come, but, um, you know, I don't have a whole entourage. So it's the weekend and week out is, is definitely difficult, especially when you're, far from home and you're not doing well, um, you know, can take a big mental toll on you where in college, you know, you look over and you have your teammates and you have that camaraderie. And I'm assuming that you're speaking about even regular conditions, you know, what was this whole pandemic, you know, situation like for you? Yeah, definitely um, has been an experience. I mean, in, in the most part, I've taken a lot of good things from it. Um, I've mm-hmm. done a lot of, you know, self-reflection and, um, and just trying to be work on things within myself on and off court. And it's been kind of a good time to step back and, you know, write things down and, you know, just kind of think through things. Um, but then, yeah, there hasn't been many tournaments and, the tournaments that, that they do have, especially on the women's side, it's pretty limited at the moment. And, you know, you kind of have to think through like, okay, how much do I want to travel? And what if, you know, can I get to this country? And like, you have to kind of think worst case scenario, like what if you get stuck or is this mm-hmm. worth it? And um, it's a lot, you know, I love to plan like I, you know, <laughs> sometimes too much, but this is That's me. Yeah. <laughs> very type A. But yeah. just, you know, this, it, it's kind of, it's more stressful now, and they've also cut down the prize money on both WTA and ATP um, mm-hmm. sides. So it's yeah, it, it, and that's why like I try to find ways that I can just make a little money here and there, like doing a few things. But um, it's definitely in in like 
unstable and insecure job um, because if you're not playing tournaments like you don't have the opportunity to make money and even at a lot of the events right now you're you're going to break even or potentially lose money if you're going to bring someone with you so it is definitely a hard time and that's why I'm always trying to think of other things I can do um at the same time which can be overwhelming but you know I'm I'm fine. I, I'd rather be busy than not busy at all. <laughs> <laughs> gotcha. And any insight into some of those things? I know we saw some players who were doing some 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 coaching um, uh, on the side, and I mean there were a few 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 other players doing some different things. But anything specific that that uh, that you kind of get into as a, as your side hustle, if you will? <laughs> yeah. Let, <laughs> let me let me go back. Um, so I guess. <laughs> The, the biggest one is that I'm an outside sales rep for Hard True, and I know oh, people okay. think of Hard True as clay, mm-hmm. but um, you know Hard True also does like court, uh, hard court resurfacing and windscreens and uh, any on court accessories. So if you or if you know anybody that would like to either redo their courts or facility or want to build a court, just let me know. All um, right, that's good to know. <laughs> exactly, that's yeah. good to know. Yeah, so there's that. Um, and then I'm just, you know, I just do some like brand ambassador stuff um, with like some, you know, some other companies. Um, but that that's the biggest one right now. But still, I would like to find a way to make more money. I, I, t- I, taught, a, I taught a few lessons um, kind of in the middle of the pandemic last year or in the beginning of it. Um, I'm just trying to think right now. And then, I mean, I'm not making money through this, but I am taking classes through UNC. So that's mm-hmm. just that's keeping me busy. Right. Uh, I'll let you know what, what else I come up with. It sounds like you're going to be perfectly fine. <laughs> exactly. exactly. You know, the importance of the side hustle. That's what matters. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> So so let me ask you about this, and it's what I talked about in the intro uh, of this episode, that the state of women's tennis right now for U.S. players, I mean, there are so many U.S. women in the top 100. I mean, you still have folks like Venus and Serena out there and Madison Keys and Allie Risk and new people like Kennan and and Brady and Pagula and Anna Samova. I mean, we can just go on and on and on. And and, and you're coming up on the outside of the top 100. What what has spurred on this this onslaught of success from uh, U.S. women? Um. Yeah, I mean, you know, obviously there's been so many American uh, young girls like coming up and doing really well. Um, you know, I think on the women's side, especially anything can happen. Um, you know, I've been saying for years now, like, be top 100, be top 100. And I know I have the game and the ability to do that. And it just comes down to like a few things here and there. But it's it's crazy because even when I think about like who's going to be in the Olympics, like we have <laughs> literally in the top ten. Like there's just there's so many American um, women, and you know I I mean I don't know I don't know how, like why they're doing well. Um, I guess they can speak from them they can speak for themselves, but I think it's good that we're pushing each other and we have all these players here and we can you know train with each other and. Um, you know, it's definitely a good, uh, 
And it's, it's good to have. I, I want to ask you a very specific question because this is something that Brothers on Tennis, we are tracking for the Olympics. Okay. So we think we kind of understand the whole qualification process pretty well. And we know that there are going to be two doubles teams on the Olympic squad for the women. And we feel pretty confident that one of those teams is probably going to be Venus and Serena. The other team, though, is, you know, we know Nicole Melikar is the top ranked doubles player. And if she gets into the top 10, and I think she was, as of last week, she was ranked number 11. If she gets in the top 10, she makes the team based upon her ranking. But then we have who I think in our minds, in our hearts, we always think the, the top doubles player is Bethany Maddox-Sands. Right. Who I think she's ranked like around 20 or whatever. I mean, based upon the number of U.S. women that will make the team in singles, the, the four women that can make it in singles, you know, I'm, we're thinking maybe Serena, uh, Kennan, maybe Jen Brady, maybe Madison Keys. You know, does does Bethany Maddox Sands or Nicole Melikar, one of them potentially miss out on making the Olympics team? You, you that almost seems like a crime in terms of doubles. Yeah, I'm not entirely sure how it works. I feel like if anything, Melikar over Bethany, just because she is the top ranked, and I feel uh-huh. like she has a say. And then I think Melikar could then have a say of who she would want to play with. So. Um, but then also it's up to guess the Federation cause there's so many players. Right. <laughs> yeah. I, I'm not really sure, but I would think Melikar would make it, but yeah. I don't know. Well, we've had Nicole on the show and so she, she's a, she's a friend of the show. So yes. we are yes. definitely rooting for her to make uh, the team, but it's, it's just like you said, it's so much competition right now on the women's side in terms of so many women playing well. And and, and we wish we had that same thing going on on the men's side. Um, I mean, there, there are some men that are doing well, but you just don't, I don't know. I, I Not just to don't that feel, level. Yeah. We don't feel like it's at the same, to the same degree. Right. Yeah. Um, the women are definitely holding up the, the fort on the on the American side here. <laughs> Women, female empowerment. I'm here for it. There you go. <laughs> yes, yes, yes. Um, Jamie, I actually was talking about a specific question. I I've, I've got to ask you this. So I'm looking. Of course, I looked at your results and I saw the last title uh, that you captured, um, and the scoreline kind of hit me. And I have to ask you about it. So first set, you won six love. So you handed out a little bagel and said, hey, <laughs> you, you look hungry, so here you go. <laughs> and then the second set went to a tiebreaker, um, and you unfortunately weren't able to pull out that second set. But then in the third set, apparently you felt that she felt, you know, was like non-nutritioned or something and decided to give her a bagel again. <laughs> so I need you to help me understand. <laughs> and, and you speak about the mental piece. Tell me what was going on in that match with you and how you were able to feed somebody twice. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that was definitely a roller coaster match. I think I was up a, like 6-0. I think I broke her the first game in the second set too. So I was... I was cruising and um 
I think it's just a combination that she started playing well. And I think as it got closer, I think I got a little bit nervous because I also haven't, at that point I had, I didn't win a title for a little bit. So it was a combination of both. And then third set, I just dialed in and took it to another level. And mm. I mean, I guess I w- didn't expect to, get, you know, give her another bagel, but uh, <laughs> I, I definitely was dialed in to say the least. <laughs> I love it. I, yeah. I saw that result and it just made me chuckle. I was like, wow. <laughs> exactly. So, so Jamie, let's, let's talk a little bit about, you know, what are some things that you like or are into off the tennis court? Uh, a little birdie told us that you are a little bit of a hip hop fan, maybe a little bit of a Cardi B fan. All right. Uh, uh, there, you know. Um, and as you talk about music potentially, of course, I have to ask the question any relation to either Chuck or Lisa? Oh my gosh. <laughs> no, I, I don't know Chuck. I don't know Chuck, but I've gotten Lisa before, but uh, no, there is no um, <laughs> relationship to her. Okay. <laughs> but um, adding to that, yes, I am a huge Cardi B fan and I all love right. hip hop. Um, all like 2000s hip hop. I oh, mean, okay. some of the new stuff as well is good but not not all of it i mean i do definitely love like late 90s early 2000s hip-hop like also when i'm in the car like no matter what music i'm playing i'm always dancing so if you ever <laughs> are like driving and see me on the road like just let me be like don't judge me but I just, i'm like i'm jamming out like volume at like 30 something and i'm yes. in the zone and having a great time so i love my little dance parties um <laughs> Those those keep me going. Um, love to you know, hear that. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, I love eating healthy. I don't really know if that's like a very interesting thing about me, but I love eating healthy. I kind of learned to cook a little bit during the pandemic. Mm-hmm. Um, and then, yeah, I just love spending time with my family and friends when I can. Um, I actually went to New York last week and saw my family for four days and I had I didn't see them since um, Thanksgiving, so definitely on my family. Um, yeah, that's. I'm sure there's more about me. I can't even think, but um, you know, <laughs> definitely love Cardi B and just love dancing. <laughs> and by the way, that little birdie was we're friends with the guys from At the Net podcast, AJ and Craig. Mm-hmm. And so uh, they dropped that in our ear. And by the way, they said to tell you hi. Oh, well, hi guys! They were they were awesome too. I had a fun time on their podcast as well. <laughs> and I love to hear that you said like that period of hip hop because for me, and, and yeah, I'm like you. I kind of I don't know this this new crew. Um, I mean, I I like the music. You know, I'm a big fan of Kendrick Lamar and J Cole, but you know, I can't get into as being of the new people, as I, I'm still kind of old school. And for me, Outcast and Tribe Called Quest. Or, yeah. I, I, those, I, yeah. yeah. There's nobody above those two for me. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. I would have to agree with that, brother, for sure. Jamie, I do want to ask you the healthy. So, is that more as far as your cooking goes? Is that more about the tennis, or just something that you are just very interested in as far as uh, eating healthy and, and healthy cooking and what have you? Because um, I, I have too. I too have been one to 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 been uh, been losing weight lately, and uh, 
So that's been a little bit of a focus of mine. So I'd be interested to hear your perspective on that. It's definitely a bit of both. I'm really passionate about eating healthy. Um, I love avocados. So that's another fun <laughs> fact. Right. And like, I, enjoy, I just love salads. Like I always have. Um, so yeah, I always look into like what I'm putting into my body, especially as an athlete, you want to make sure you're, you're fueling your body the right way. And I kind of experiment with things and see how I feel. I still don't really know what what my body truly likes but um you know my because i don't know if my stomach is sensitive to things but i still haven't figured it out um but yeah i I just enjoy it i feel better i like i feel good um you know i haven't had actually red meat in over a year now which (laughs) ironically my dad is a wholesale meat purveyor (laughs) 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 but honestly if i were to have any red meat if I were to have, if I, yeah, if I were to have any red meat, um, it would be for my dad, his short ribs and brisket. So yes. I would, I would break down any day for him. Oh, <laughs> love that. Yes. Well, yeah, yeah. Let, let us know when dad is cooking some spare ribs. Listen. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> yep. We'll make the trek to New York for that. Yes, sir. Yep. Are you a kale? Are you a kale girl? Do you like kale? I love yeah, I love yeah. kale. I know that sounds so sad, but yeah. No, I do too, actually. I got some kale in the fridge right now, which is crazy. <laughs> is kale that green stuff I move out the way to get to my sink? <laughs> I'm just trying to, trying to figure that out. <laughs> it's, a, it's a bit crunchy. Sometimes it's hard to di- digest, but, you know, just mix it in with some things and you'll be okay. Oh, okay. There you go. There you go. <laughs> that is exciting. So what's, what's next on your calendar in terms of where you, you're looking to be playing? Oh, that's a great question. So I'm, I've been training on clay the past few weeks, doing a training block. I think right now I'm like 12 out of Bogota WTA. So I would like to play that if I can, even though I heard the altitude is pretty crazy there, but it's a WTA and, um, you know, I don't know what I I would like to go there. If not, I may be staying in the States and waiting to play some challengers in April. Um, it's tough. Like I really want to play right now. I want to, you know, get some momentum and, play matches but i also have to be strategic with the travel and also going into certain countries i have to make sure that i can you know go to others afterwards so it's a bit it's a bit more stressful like i said earlier about planning um but i'm hoping to play it's my first one april 4th or april 12th that's the goal right now okay okay Well, well, Jamie. I mean, this has been just a fun, fun conversation. Mm-hmm. I, I love the the AJ and Craig had already told us that you're such a nice and fun person. So we Aww. were looking, we were looking forward to that. But now yes. we can say, you know, we've experienced it ourselves. Um, for the podcast, are there any kind of final words or closing statements that you'd like to to make for our listeners? Uh, I mean, I think we covered covered it all. But um, <laughs> but if you guys want to follow my journey, you know, my Instagram handle is jlope three zero eight. Um, you know, I sometimes I you know I feel I feel like I'm pretty entertaining on social media. Um, okay. I just, I just, I just do whatever. And, um, I actually laugh at myself and like, I think I'm funny. So that's all that matters. <laughs> exactly. See, <laughs> I, I like to have a good time on court. I am 
very serious. Um, oh yeah, I do play in sunglasses. So if nobody, so yeah, you, I play in sunglasses. That's like my signature look. Um, it looks like I'm probably about to murder somebody, but off the court, <laughs> I'm like a different person. Like, <laughs> you know, I, love a, it. I, I, I have a chill side, but still very much type A. Well, with those double uh, bagels, you, you are out there killing people. Right? <laughs> <laughs> well, I tell you what, we are definitely following you now for sure. And, yes. and hopefully once we kind of get a little bit past this whole Rona thing and we can get back out to tournaments again, we will absolutely cherish the opportunity to uh, meet you in person. And um, that'll be a great time. Yeah, that'd be awesome. I would, I would love that. So um, to our listeners, um, if you're listening to this on a podcast, we wanted to remind you that the Locker Room app is the place that you can come, you can participate in these interviews live, give us your input, engage with us. Um, But absolutely, this has been a great conversation with Jamie Loeb. Make sure you follow her on, on social media. And once the tours get back going, we are looking forward to Jamie cracking that top 100 this year. Right, Jamie? Yes. Yes. Let's do it. (laughs) (laughs) So any final words from you, Isaac? Um, No, just Jamie, thank you so much for being a part of uh, Brothers on Tennis podcast. We appreciate you. This has been an awesome uh, discussion, and and, uh, we hope to have you back. Uh, Anytime you feel like you want to share anything or if you need a source to get the word out on anything, please know that you can can let us know, and we will get it out there for you. Awesome. Yeah, I'd love to be back maybe six months from now, you know, see – where I've been and what I've been up to. That'd be fun. Love it. Love we it. Will, we will make that a date then. There you go. <laughs> so what, once again, thank you, Jamie. And to our listeners, uh, we have more and exciting episodes coming uh, towards your way in the next couple of weeks. So look forward to that. Um, with, with all of that, be safe. And this has been your boy, Bryce. And this is your boy, Isaac. And we are Brothers on Tennis. Everyone, take care. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile, and the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time, there's Granger, offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.